When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, good morning. Mike, how you doing? Doing great, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Great to have you on with us. Uh, let's dive right into it. Kiwi and I have been talking about it pretty much the majority of the show. We had Rich Samini on earlier. And, you know, there, there's some talk and some um, assumption that the Jets going back to, to Zach Wilson is more from the general manager and the ownership than anything else. You know, your, your thoughts on the move and the switch and, and, and just how, you know, Joe Douglas and their decision to draft Zach Wilson, number two overall, plays into this decision as well. Yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with their decision as it relates to what gives us the best chance to win this game. You know, they got a big break last night with Miami losing, and they need this game. They got two games in five days, and maybe it was more of Joe Flacco's lack of ball security. You know, um, I'm not exactly sure what factor in the decision, but, you know, sitting in that seat, you know, you're, you're throwing out draft choices at this time of year. You're just trying to win games, and you have an opportunity to make the playoffs, and that's, you know, the most important thing. As a general manager, are you ever caught between ownership and coaching and, and, and disagreements? And if so, like, how do you how do you get them both on the same page? One of them, you know, controls your paycheck and the yeah. other one you have control over. You know, Kiwi, like, that, that comes up a lot, kid. Like, you, you want disagreements and you want to have great communication and a good amount of trust, you know, between, you know, all three levels. And it could be about who's playing quarterback against Detroit or who we're drafting or who we're paying. There's a million decisions. And communication and trust is the foundation of any good relationship. But I guess my, here's my point, Mike. And, and, and again, this is all speculation and, and really nobody knows what happens behind closed doors as I'm sure you're well aware, but let's just say hypothetically speaking, Mike White is Robert Sala's guy, but because Joe D and the organization drafted Zach Wilson, where they did, obviously he is their guy. You know, how, how, I mean, we're seeing it, we're seeing it right now in regards to how that's playing out in, in some way, shape, or form. But if that is the case, how difficult of, of a dynamic is that? I would imagine it has to be quite difficult. Yeah. Well, the pronoun I would use is our guy. You know, we're, we're trying to win. And, and the most important thing is who gives us the best chance to win. So if it's Mike White, if it's Joe Flacco, if it's Zach Wilson, whatever it may be, you know, we want to play the best player regardless and, and candidly you know if you go back to that initial decision of drafting Zach Wilson I think that those are decisions you have to be aligned between the head coach and GM um, how, would, how would you approach this situation how would you like right now let's say hypothetically Mike White um, could potentially still play like how would you manage the situation um, I get him on the field ASAP Kiwi he clearly gives them the best chance to win he clearly has the respect of his teammates I thought the body language of his teammates a couple of weeks ago said it all. They believe in him. He's energized the whole program. I think it's really a no-brainer. And I think, you know, we can learn from Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was the third quarterback. He toiled in obscurity for several months, not getting any reps behind Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. 
And we're going to see exactly what happens now with, um, you know, what did Zach Wilson do the last three weeks? And we're going to learn a lot about that today. Yeah, I mean, let's let's. I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Of course, the 49ers take care of the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday night. Purdy has just looked real Purdy. Um, you know, what do you do if if you're the 49ers? You know, you gave up the kitchen sink to go up and, and get Trey Lance. Uh, we talked about it even before his injury that he was just not ready for the speed of the NFL. Then you know. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in and performs admirably, and then now you've got Purdy. Hashtag champagne problems. I'm sure there's a lot of teams out there that wish they had three solid quarterbacks uh, that they could choose from, but what do you do as an organization moving forward considering all that you gave up to trade up to get Trey Lance, Mike? It's like every Monday with you, you cash all these tickets. Is it, you know, Prada, Gucci, Baxter, and I hear about it all year long, you know. You're cashing this ticket, that ticket. So you're used to those champagne problems, Anita. Um, look, you got to know what you have in Trey Lance, right? You, you gave up a lot. But those are discussions from March and April. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to graduate. And having depth at the quarterback position is a great problem to have. How much, how much of Brock Purdy's success sure. would you attribute to, to him being able to sit and, and watch and, and take practice reps and not being thrust into the – um, the starting job, like you know, Zach Wilson was. I think a lot has to do with his experience. You know, he's a four-year starter at Iowa State, and I think when we look at quarterbacks and their expectations, him coming in with the experience he does has certainly accelerated. You know, his ability to come in to hit the ground running. Uh, and let's stick. Let's stick with the quarterback discussion. Uh, you know, you've you've got a, uh, a Ravens team who Lamar Jackson isn't expected back until next week. Huntley uh, did not look great yesterday. Of course, uh, the Ravens losing to to Cleveland, but yeah, you've got Lamar on an injury. You know, there's 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 the conversation of the contract even before the season. What what do you do if you're the Ravens pertaining to Lamar Jackson, Mike? Well, I think the problem really isn't Huntley versus Jackson. I think it's the fact that it's Demarcus Robinson and Devin Duvernay who are their second and third leading uh, receivers at this point in the year. You know, Mark Andrews is clearly their best uh, receiver as a tight end. They signed Sean Jackson. But, like, to me, that's the biggest concern right now. If I'm the Ravens, they can't make plays on the outside. And Guys, let's talk about the – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you got it. Kiwi? I was just going to say, I'd like to have, since we're talking about quarterbacks, I'd like to have our MVP discussion uh, because more times than not, a quarterback does win the MVP. And I think that there's not two, but three quarterbacks, uh, possibly four, that we need to talk about. You know, obviously, uh, Josh Allen. I think right now, Jalen Hurts is is leading the bunch in in the season that he's having has been remarkable. Um, You know, so obviously, you've got Patrick Mahomes. But guys, I, I think I think Joe Burrow could be a really sneaky good play here to win the MVP. Uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, one of the most uh, successful offenses in the NFL, scoring at over fifty percent of their offensive possessions, and he's got a really difficult the next four weeks. Some top defenses that he's going to be going up against starting uh, today against the Bucks, even though they did give up thirty-five points to Purdy and the Forty ers but nonetheless. Um, you know, and, and so, Mike, let's start with you. Your thoughts on if you had to vote today, who would it be? And giving any thought to the next four weeks to see how Burrow performs, do you think that there's a chance that he can win it this season? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of Jalen Hurts, I'm actually in warm, balmy Chicago. I'm going to be broadcasting a game with Steve <laughs> Levy, the Eagles against the Bears. Um, in fact, we're having uh, prolonged negotiations whether or not the window is going to be open or not because I'm as soft oh. as they come right now. And uh, But that's a story for another segment. Anyway, um, I, look, Burrow, he's playing great. And they're the defending AFC champs. And I think, you know, Anita, it's a really fair point. I think he has a real chance. Um, to be in that conversation. Um, I think Tampa's defense has been a big disappointment. Um, I think the next couple of weeks will decide between him, Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts. Kiwi? So is, is the, yeah, I mean, I, well, to answer your question, I think um, I think Hurts has to be the front runner because of the consistency of play, I think. And this is a question I'd like for both of you guys to chime in on also. the Getting hot at the right time, obviously counts for a lot, you know, especially when you're talking about going into the playoffs and, and getting ready to prepare for a run. But I still think that you, you know, during, during the, if you're voting, you have to take somebody's complete body of work week to week um, and see what they've done and how they match up. Yeah, I think that's all fair. I mean, if we're really having like another aspect of this conversation to me is Michael Parsons, because you take him away from Dallas. I'm not sure where they are. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. That's right. It's time for Mike Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week, brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management. Mike, what is it? Okay, this is going to be a holiday edition. I like the Patriots tonight. (laughs) Uh, 35-25, and I like the Patriots making the playoffs. I think they're peaking at the right time. They're playing really good defense, and I think they're the one team no one's going to want to play, and they can run the ball. And Josh Uche, Kiwi, you know what a good young pass rusher looks like. And this guy had three sacks last week, 10 on the season. While Matthew Judon is getting all the headlines, understandably, this is a defense getting better. They can run the ball, and no one's going to want to play Bill Belichick in that Patriot defense. Hmm. If the season was to end today, by the way, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Bills would all get in. Just FYI, uh, with them sitting at seven and six. That's Tannenbaum's bomb of the week, brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management for a pain-free life. Visit SamuelPain.com today, uh, gentlemen. Before we start talking about that Giants-Commanders game, let's go to our phone lines. John wants to chime in in regard to the MVP this season. Uh, John, welcome in. Hey, Anita, how you doing today? Good morning, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, so I just wanted to argue for Justin Jefferson to be the MVP. 
Um, if you take a look at that team and you remove Justin Jefferson, they don't win any of the games that they've won, um, especially because they've lost two games. In those two games that they've lost, he's averaged under 50 yards. So when he's not involved, they actually do lose. Um, and it makes sense to me because if you were to swap in Mahomes for Hurts, Mahomes would be the MVP. And, you know, you could take any other quarterback and put him on the Eagles that's in the top 15, and they end up having just as good a season as Hurts, if not better, um, depending on their skill set. So, really, I don't see it going to a QB this year. I think it breaks the mold and it goes to a uh, wide receiver. Interesting. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Gentlemen, care to react to that? I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know, um, the other receiver you can put in that conversation is Tyree Kill. Just from a standpoint, mm-hmm. you can look at production, but just all the eyeballs he takes from a defensive standpoint. And, um, you know, we saw last night Tyreek Hill opens up the run game because he, he always takes two. So Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, I think those are great conversations as well. Kiwi? Yeah, I think Yeah, I, th- I think it's just it, it's, it's human nature that it leans towards the quarterback position because they have such a, a huge impact on the game and they're the, the, the um, you know, the focal point, you know, the – of the team media wise and like I said, but if, if it's not going to go to a quarterback, I, you know, Mike talked about it, Micah Parsons. I mean, there, there are some defensive players who are contributing, um, you know, who have contributed over the years significantly to their teams, but I don't think a lot have done, you know, what Micah has been able to do in his, in his short time. So I would like to see it go to, go to him. Um, but also, you know, it, it's about, it's about peaking at the right time, but I also like to look at people's total body of work during, throughout the course of the season and go back and look at it. And, and there are some people, Jefferson's and, and Michael Parsons, who have put up great campaigns this year. Of course, leave it to a defensive player to recommend a defensive player within the MVP. You've got to. (laughs) Rep in, keeping it real. All right, guys, uh, let's dive into the Giants-Commanders game. Like I said, because Seattle lost on Thursday, whoever wins this game tonight, 90% chance uh, is going to make it to the postseason. So, Mike, let's start with you. I've heard that Saquon Barkley had the best week of practice this week. We know it begins, the offense begins and ends with him. He is the straw that stirs the drink. The fact that he is healthy and we're hearing such good things. I like the Giants' chances tonight. Uh, what, what, how are you approaching this matchup? Yeah, I see this as like the sixth quarter from the game You know, two weeks ago. Um, I give a slight edge to Washington just because they're coming off of a bye. Um, you know, I guess Chase Young isn't playing, which, you know, we, we got the sense doing the game two weeks ago that he would play tonight. But anyway, it should be a really close game. These two teams are really evenly matched, and I'm just going to give the slight edge to Washington because they're home and they're coming off the bye. Kiwi? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's difficult for me. I think they're they're pretty evenly matched. Uh, Mike, I hear what you're saying about this is just a continuation of the last game, especially for you know Washington since they haven't played anybody else. But I just I feel as though um, this is this this whole game is going to come down to Saquon. You know whether or not he's actually healthy, whether or not he can actually perform because of the amount of the load that he's been asked to carry for for the Giants. Like he's going to have to perform at a high level, um, you know, early and be a feature part of the game throughout the entire game and to remain on the field so I think it definitely comes down to him and and from what they're reporting and I have to trust them that he is healthy I think they're that gives them the edge are you are you surprised like based on I know we t- we've talked about this before on the program but based on what we've seen from Daniel Jones this season let's just say uh, you know he by the way he's 15 15 and 5 against the spread as a road dog um 
little gambling nugget I, I just decided to throw in there. Uh, based on what you've seen from Daniel Jones this season, and let's just say hypothetically speaking, they make it to the playoffs, okay? Are, are, you, are you surprised that nothing has, has been, and, and this is what's being reported, okay, that, that talks are, are, are not even happening in regard to Daniel Jones and his contract situation here. Does that surprise you, Mike? Um, you know, not every player is created equal in terms of handling negotiations in season. And I'd be really reticent to talk to a quarterback or even a player like Saquon Barkley in season. You know, look, we're all human, right? And that's a major, major discussion um, in your life, in your career. And, you know, I I can understand why you'd want to hit pause until um, after the season. Kiwi? I mean, it's, it's difficult because it's difficult because you know when you're playing, they're telling you all the things that you're doing right, and then when it comes time for you to negotiate a contract, they want to remind you of all the things that you do wrong or all the negatives. And so, I think it's you know it takes a a, a sense of maturity and a, and a level of experience to be able to sit across the table or to pick up the phone from your agent and listen to hey, you know these are the things that they're concerned about, um, which sometimes are real and sometimes they're just used as negotiation tactics. But um, I still feel as though it's it's difficult, um, you know, as a Giants, you know, as somebody who's, you know, hoping for the best for the Giants, whether you played for them or whether you're a fan, you know, that nothing has happened because we understand what it's like to play without a quarterback or to play, you know, without, um, you know, where you're searching for to put the team back together. So a um, little disappointed in it, but not surprised. Um, let's go to our calls. We've got Brian in Milburn who wants to chime in. Uh, Brian, welcome in. By the way, Messi just scored a goal, so now uh, Argentina is up 1-0 against France. Yeah, um, on, on a really terrible call. I mean, the guy like breathed on the Argentinian uh, <laughs> attacker. I mean, if I'm France, I, I, that was a terrible call, Anita. I'm throwing um, the red flag. I don't even know if you can throw the red flag, but if, I can, if you can, I would. <laughs> <laughs> um do you did, did, did you it, see that well it's it's hard hosting a radio show and in you know paying attention to every second uh so no i did not oh, I see you multitask yeah i, I can't listen i'm doing the best i can here <laughs> um but Come no on, to, to answer your question no i did not i did not see the uh the penalty but um but i did see the penalty kick yeah, it was it was heavy breathing. I mean, it, it was terrible. The, the guy just took a dive. And uh, so, so let me I, ask you: do you do you think the fix is in, considering that this is Messi's last World Cup, and and they want to see him go out wi- winning? This is like the last leg of what he can what he could win in his career, right? Yeah, I don't know if the fix is in, but I love competition. I like sports at its highest level, and I want the best team and players to win. I mean. You know, I just know enough about this to be dangerous. And I'm just saying, like, it was an inconsequential touch that they uh, called the foul. And that's just not fair to France. And, again, this is, you know, the best players in the world on the biggest stage. And, you know, it's about competition. And some, you know, official who's 30 yards behind, you know, making, you know, a call where he probably had was, like, obstructedly, you know, the view was obstructed. Well, my best bet in this uh, this match was that both teams score. So we're halfway there, people. We are halfway there. Uh, we just need Le Bleu to score. Um, let's go to our phone lines. Brian in Milburn, welcome in. Hey, how you doing? I'm a big fan of yours. I got two questions. If Daniel Jones wins this game tonight, um, with this quiet his dollars, because I think he's very good if you give him the right weapons. I always thought, you know, I always try to stick up for him. For some odd reason, I'm a 49er fan, but I really like him. 
if you give him a line and some wide receivers with Saquon Barkley, y'all, and you take it at defense, that'd be devastating in the league. I guarantee you, if he was on the Jets, they'd be scary. Nobody wanted to play them. Uh, and another question: I know you were level-headed in your analysis about football. What do you think about Brock Birdie? Have a nice day. Oh, thank you, Brian. Thanks for the compliments. Appreciate it. Um, all right. Well, first things first. In regard to uh, in regard to Daniel Jones, I don't. I truly believe. And and I'm you know obviously you guys know I host a lot of shows here. I take a lot of calls. I, I truly believe that there there are. I was I was riding in in an Uber the other day. If you're listening, the Uber driver. I apologize. I don't remember your name, but I got in the Uber and he said, "Are you are you Anita Marks?" And I said, "Well, yeah, that's my name." And he goes, "No, no, on the radio station." And I said, "Yes." And he says, "I have a bone to pick with you. What is your love for Daniel Jones?" Okay. I, I truly believe there is nothing. I think there are Giants fans out there. There is nothing that Daniel Jones can do that can win them back. I truly believe that. There is nothing. Like, if you can't look at what he's done this season, making chicken salad out of chicken poop, I'd use a different word. It's a family program. Um, then I, I, don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what football you're watching. So uh, for, that's my take. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't think there is anything Daniel could do to win back, I would say, half the fan base of the Giants. Agree or disagree with me? I mean, I agree, but mainly because they're they're just looking for a win. You know, I don't think it's, it's necessarily that they're angry or they're against Daniel Jones. I think they're frustrated with the situation, how long it's been without this team being competitive. And at this point, anything short of a championship is not going to get Giants fans back. Yeah, I, I look at it a little bit differently, guys, just from a standpoint. Like, I'm not saying he's perfect, but he's young, he's athletic, he can make plays with his feet. And um, who, who are you going to get? You know, if it's not him, like that has to be part of this analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to Wilson in New Jersey. He will prove my point. Wilson, welcome in. Hey, hi. Hey, guys. Uh, first things, uh, happy holidays to you and your family. And um, um, yes, I uh, listen. I, I think uh, if I was Daniel Jones, uh, I don't know even if I want to come back. Uh, I think the Giants have really botched, botched it with this kid. He has he has had nothing for four years, and um, I don't care what everybody says. If you put let, let's say you put Daniel Jones in the Indiana and and the Colts, the Colts are favored to win that division. With some weapons, he's, he's at least a top twelve quarterback. And uh, I think the Giants are underestimating the fact that there's not a market for him, and there will be. There will be. It's going to be a big market for him. And I think uh, by the time they realize, it's going to be too late. Wilson, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of 
love ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. In the AFC, Buffalo, Kansas City, the Ravens, Tennessee, Cincinnati, the Dolphins, and the Patriots would be in. In the NFC, the Eagles, Minnesota, what a game yesterday, the 49ers, the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Commanders, and the Giants. So how about that? Three teams in the NFC East and three teams in the AFC East would get in in each conference. Pretty amazing. Mike, let's start with you. Um, any of these teams, A, surprise you, B, don't think that they will still be standing in the postseason once it all comes to a close? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I think in the AFC, you know, I think the Chargers will have a chance, and, and my gut feeling is that that last game of the year um, will between the Jets and the Dolphins could very well be a win in your end game. The other thing that's so interesting to me is – this New England game, and this is why I think they could get in. If Buffalo seed is locked in, which presumably it could be um, by the last game, they're the one, the two, whatever. I don't think there's any way Josh Allen plays against the Patriots because you know he's been dealing with that elbow injury, as we know. And if New England has you know a good pass rush and there's nothing to play for, I think that last game for New England could look a lot different. So I think there's a ton of intrigue on the AFC side. Kiwi, yeah, that, Any, always, anything stand think, out to you? I think um, what, Mike, what Mike said <clears throat> um, is a big factor. We, we talked earlier about like how difficult is it to to go undefeated or if it's even uh, realistic, and you have to take into account a lot of teams are not playing for that record. They're going to play for the opportunity to, to win a championship. And so um, the standings are going to look different by the time playoff comes because of that some teams are going to you know once they get in they're going to start resting not just the quarterback but they're going to start resting other players and so you know their performance might change or might look different and then even um, on top of that they're going to start you know practicing for things that they're anticipating coming in the playoffs so they're not going to be spending as much time just focusing on beating that um, that opponent because it's a you know the coaches have to take into account the grand scheme of things they have to look forward and prepare scouts have to um, get an understanding of who they might be matched up against so um, I'm looking at the standings to change, um, you know, but how so? Not really sure. Uh, by the way, Argentina just scored again, so it's 2 0. Um, Messi with a, uh, was that an assist, Mike? Yeah, yeah Messi with the assist, and uh, they're, they're pitching a donut, uh, a, a shutout. It's a donut right now for uh, France, so it's uh, 2 0, 36 minutes into the uh, first half over in Qatar. Um, let's go to our phone lines. Uh, we've got Nathan calling in from Florida. Hi, Nate. Welcome in. Hi, guys. How are you? Great. Hello. Welcome. Great. How you doing? Great. Mike, um, I am a longtime Jets Jet fan, and thank you for um, you know all the work you've done with the Jets. Um, I've been watching football for a long time, and I don't think that my eyes – lie to me. I don't think that Zach Wilson has the tools to ever be an NFL quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, I have concerns. 
not to say that he can't, but you know, I always start with you know, do they have the requisite height, weight, and speed? Like you know, if we were drafting a defensive lineman, we we'd want them to look like Kiwi, right? Like big, strong, athletic, and Zach Wilson just lacks some of the requisite physical attributes of a winning NFL quarterback. So durability would be an issue, um, amongst other things. Now, with that said, that doesn't mean he can't be productive because we've seen you know other size deficient quarterbacks, be it Russell Wilson or Drew Brees, have great careers. So, um, but those would be my concerns if we were doing an analysis on him. Um, yeah, guys, I, I know I that we're. That. I, Go I ahead, agree with you 100%. My biggest concern is, like, does he have it mentally? Like, does he have the understanding or the knowledge that, you know, playing quarterback, there's a lot that's put on your shoulders. There's a lot of responsibility, and the way that you talk, you know, to the media and the way that you prepare has a lot to do with how you're received. Do you think that he has the, the toughness or the mental fortitude to go out there and to be, you know, not just to, to perform but to also be a leader in an NFL locker room? I don't know. Yeah, that's a grade of incomplete. And like I said, you know, as we discussed earlier on the show, guys, clearly like Brock Purdy used the time that he wasn't playing to work on all his skills on the field, off the field, leadership. He had poise and maturity. And to me, um, that's something that, um, you know, we're going to see like these last three weeks with Zach Wilson when, you know, it's the equivalent of being sent down to the minors. You're a prospect and, uh, you know, you go down to AAA and we're going to see, you know, over the next three, four hours this afternoon, guys, you know, what did he learn, you know, from his experiences? And the home of the, is he practicing back there at, yeah, at the stadium? You know, and, and, you know, we're, we're an hour behind, you know, in Chicago here. So, you know, game time for us is uh, we got a noon kick here. <laughs> um, guys, I know we spent a lot of time talking about the, the probability percentage for the Giants to make it to the postseason. But here is what it is for the Jets. Currently, the Jets have a 33% chance to make the playoffs. A win today puts them at 46%. A loss today puts them at 19%. So, uh, so, so much is riding on this game for the Jets as well. We get back. We'll dive into both games. We'll give you our predictions, our scores, all of that stuff. Also, we'll continue to take your calls. 800-919-3776. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Um, all right, gentlemen. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's start with the jets, right? We've been talking about it all show long. Zach Wilson back under center. Um, we had Rich Semini on earlier. Rich said that they're going to have a big commitment to running the football. They're, they're not going to put, they're going to try not to put a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson. Understand that this is a Detroit lions team. The last few weeks, top six offense, top 12 defense. So has been playing a lot better than years past. Uh, Mike, let's start with you. Um, you know, your thought, what are your expectations for Zach Wilson today? How do you think he's going to perform? I'm hoping he learned. I'm a, I, I just hope he's learned about the magic of a check down and, you know, getting the ball to the open receiver, not locking in. 
not bailing out backwards out of the pocket, which he had a bad habit of, which makes the offensive tackle's job really difficult. Climb the pocket, you know, go through your progressions, check it down, run, you know, run, make some plays with your feet. You know, like we saw that last night time and time again. Josh Allen, who we can make a really good argument is the best player in the sport, made as many consequential plays with his feet as with his arms. So that's what I'm hoping for from a Jet perspective. Kiwi? Yeah, that, that that sounds good. I Honestly, I have zero faith in Zach Wilson. I, I don't think that he's learned um, the lessons yet. Like, I'm not hoping for him to, to do poorly, but I just don't think that in this limited amount of time that he's been able or will have been able to to, to understand enough of what it means to be an NFL player. You're talking about playing opposite of a, a top defense in the league. There's got to be a lot of frustration there and a little patience, and, and it's going to take him to, to humble himself. And whether or not he's done that is going to show up today, but, um, but Kiwi, I, I just don't feel I just don't have – Right, yep. but Kiwi, like going back to that exact point, that's what we talked about earlier. It's like the prospect that's playing for the Yankees or the Mets, he goes down to AAA, like hopefully he's humbled by that. Yeah, I just I I don't see that there's been enough time. You know, it takes a serious amount of time for somebody, you know, who is of his level of like ineptitude, like just not understanding that how he says things in the media, how they come across, how his lack of preparation is viewed by the other the other players in there. And I just don't think that there's been enough time. Like guys in the locker room are going to need to see you be committed for a significant amount of time before they can say, okay, now he's got it, he's learned. They're really going to go out there, I believe, and just hope for the best. And that's not a situation you want to be in where, where your teammates are just kind of, man, I hope he's got it. You know, they're they're ready to bail on him at that point. Yeah, I, so just to throw my two cents in, you know, and 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 if I'm, if you read between the lines, okay, based on the conversations I've had with Rich Samini and what's being communicated out there, you know, it, I I do believe that Mike White is Robert Sala's guy. I just feel that this is a huge hill to climb, and and it just kind of piggybacks on what you're saying, Kiwi, for for Zach Wilson to come in when you know your head coach doesn't necessarily have your back. And, and of course, Robert Sala wants to win. I'm not saying that he wants, you know, um, Zach Wilson to perform poorly. But when, when you've got a locker room, when you feel as a quarterback, when you feel like you don't have a locker room and the guys in the locker room want the other guy to start and your head coach feels that he's got a better opportunity to win with the other guy, it's just I think it's too much. I think it's too much. It's too much. And and so I'm with you. Unfortunately, I'm gonna be rooting for him to do well. I just don't have I don't have great expectations for, for Zach Wilson today. I just don't. But, with that being with that being go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know what, Anita, assuming you guys are both right, that doesn't mean they still can't win. You know, the other side of the, the mm-hmm. this coin that's so interesting to me is, you know, as Detroit's chasing their own goals here is can Jared Goff play good football outside? He only has two touchdown passes outdoors. So, uh, you know, there was a big stigma about Tua last night. Can he go win in the cold? Did it ever snow in Alabama? He's from Hawaii. You know, there's a lot of narratives that go on towards the end of the year. And one of the big ones is going to be this Detroit offense, which has been tremendous. You know, how is it going to be, you know, outside the elements? So that, again, part of, like, what Zach Wilson needs to do today is if Detroit's struggling on offense – he really needs to put a premium on ball security. And I think that's really part of this discussion. So with that being said, gentlemen, uh, let's give our score predictions. Mike, let's start with you. Who wins? What's the score and why? I'm going to go uh, 27-24 Jets. And uh, I, I, I could see them scoring a touchdown maybe on special teams, on defense. Um, and 
if there's a weakness on this Detroit Lion team right now, you know, it's on the defensive side of the ball. So um, it, it's a really intriguing game on so many levels. You know, this offense is rolling uh, on Detroit. Um, Jets are strong on defense and obviously everything about Zach Wilson. So I'm really fascinated to see how this game goes. Kiwi? Yeah, I'm fascinated also to see how it goes, but I have uh, 27-13 Detroit, and for the reasons I just mentioned, I just don't, I just don't have um, confidence that Zach Wilson is of the understanding that this is about him, right? And he has to take responsibility. I think they'll, you know, they'll keep it close first quarter, second quarter going into the halftime, but I think at some point, you know, he's going to make some mistakes and he's not going to adjust properly or not going to take responsibility for that, and the Lions will come out on top. Yeah, I'm, I've got a, a much lower scoring game. I've got the Lions winning 17-13. Um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, and, and I think it's going to be a close game. I just think I'm, I'm looking at it like maybe a, 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 an interception. Um, I think Zach Wilson's going to try a little too hard. I, I, think, I, I think he's good for a, a pick today, which potentially could set up, you know, uh, a, a scoring opportunity for the Lions where uh, Goff has really been done a great job as of late protecting the football. So I've got 17-13 Lions. As for the Giants, uh, again, big implications here. Whoever wins, 90% chance makes it to the postseason. Saquon Barkley had his best week of practice. Daniel Jones, good as a road dog. Mike, let's start with you. What's your score and why? Um, I'm going to go Washington 30, Giants 27. And by the way, when we say like best week of practice, like I think it's important for us to educate the audience. Like this time of year, like there's no contact at practice (laughs) in late December. So I'm not really sure what that means. Well, what I I heard was, uh, yeah, number one, he was at practice. Number two, he was participating um, in in plays and 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 walk through. He's just he wasn't just like running on the side, right? Like he actually he and, and he had little he had a little bit more pep in his step, a little sparkle in his eye. He said that he's he has felt the best this week than he has in quite a few weeks. That's really what it means. Thanks. So you I, so I you're, think, that's can, a, that's I can a pretty, add to that. I can add to that, that when you're dealing with an issue, you have a tendency to be preoccupied with the issue, right? And everybody does. So from the moment you walk out on the field, the training staff is talking to the coaches about what you can and cannot do. The coaching staff is coming over asking you how you feel and trying to make adjustments on the fly, like, okay, let's take this out, take that out, make sure that he's rested, we don't want to do this and that. So I think when he's saying he had his best week of practice, he's probably probably just saying, I didn't have to make multiple adjustments during the week to accommodate his injury and the the conversation was probably lighter and you know probably out there joking around and he probably f- feels more confident just because he didn't have to make all those adjustments that's that's a complete assumption outside of it you know but that's that's how I would see at this point somebody coming out and saying he had his best week of practice it probably just means they didn't have to adjust so much because of his injuries so Kiwi with that being said um what's what's your score and uh, and all the reasons why um, I got 24-20. I still think it's going to be close. I think it does come down to whether or not Saquon Barkley, Barkley is actually healthy or if he's, if they're just telling us that he is because that's the, you know, the, the message that they want to get across. Um, I think Daniel Jones is going to have to do you know, more you know, with his feet or more in terms of, of protecting the ball, controlling this offense. Get, a, get out of the grasp. You know, like, don't just take the sack. I appreciate the fact that he's protecting the ball, but he's going to have to make some kind of plays. But I still have Giants 24-20. 
Uh, I'm close there with you. I've got the Giants 23-20. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.